celebrating just uh, one week late. Welcome to Hand of Pod. Gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, welcome back to Hand of Pod episode 300. <laughs> Not really. It's episode 301, of course, but we feel we can be in a little bit more of a mood to celebrate this week for reasons that are probably quite obvious. Um, not only are we back to our normal Wednesday evening recording session for one week only, potentially, during the World Cup. Oh, no, hang on. They're playing on Saturday, aren't they? So, yeah, maybe we'll be recording again. Um earlier in, in, in the week next week we'll have to see uh, but we'll also excuse me for a second I've got a cat licking my face while I record go away thank you we will also um, we're in a bit of a better mood I'm Sam Kelly and I'm joined by Andres Bruckner this week Andres welcome hello Sam and congratulations congratulations on joining England in the second round thank you yes it's uh, just uh, something that uh, makes you of course be at ease and, and celebrate little victories which are even uh, independently on something we will discuss later but uh, independently of the way that uh, it was uh, got but just uh, a, a victory that was needed and so uh, it, it was celebrated mm. so yes yeah and and it means that that we're able to uh, actually raise a glass of fennet to it this week um because not only did Dan and I record too early in the day to be drinking Fernet last week on, on episode 300, but we were also obviously not in the mood um, after the heavy defeat to Croatia. Argentina enormously improved, uh, not necessarily in terms of the play, because against Croatia, I don't know what you, what you thought, Andres, but Dan and I said last week after the Croatia match um, that in, in that match, at least for the first half, Argentina's play was... Yeah, pretty good actually. It was a big improvement on the Iceland display, um, but certainly in terms of the attitude and the character that the players showed, this felt, albeit in a much lower quality version, um, a little bit to me like like a sort of return to the spirit of of twenty fourteen again. That that sort of team spirit that, that carried Argentina through. Yes, the image was that that of a team defeated uh, independently and. and uh, 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 Regardless the, the the result, which was a defeat, but a, a team that is defeated, um, and after the first uh, goal conceded, they can't uh, lift their their foreheads and and and, and, and remain playing. Uh, it's a game that, of course, is not. Uh, I won't discover anything, but it lasts ninety minutes, and uh, since the the very first goal uh, through the the horrible mistake by Cavallero. The, the the story looked very well like sentenced like it was uh, the game was over and and that is that Argentina must uh, of course uh, review and, and try to solve because uh, uh, yesterday again when uh, that incredible penalty for some people will have uh, it, it was uh, right to be awarded for others perhaps not but 
the, the thing is that it was a, there was a penalty awarded uh, scored by Musa, uh, Musa not uh, by Moses mm-hmm. and after that Argentina again looked uh, like they were depressed and not uh, able to to go get back into the match finally well uh, perhaps miracle, miracle through a miracle or or how whatever you you may call it uh, they uh, took forces from like like it's usually said from somewhere you know you don't know uh, Marcos Rojo and Marcos Rojo <laughs> scoring a goal like a, like a striker but being a defender just they, just as they did in the last World Cup scoring a goal against Nigeria in the group stage yes it's fate it's written in the stars he's going to score a, ha- a hat-trick in the final yes th- those things that you can't uh, perhaps uh, explain in a technical way or, or, or something that has to do more with the emotions and and, and, and things that you finally get and, and I don't think there is anything else we could say about it. Mm. Um, it, it was uh, you, you weren't as wrong, by the way, as, as you might think you were on the penalty scorer, because Musa is Arabic for Moses. It's the ah, it's the same name. Uh, although obviously it was it was Victor Moses. So, I mean, you, you were wrong in, in the sense that you you got the wrong uh, Nigeria player. But uh, they have the same name, basically, here, just in different languages. Here, of course, as you may uh, may know. In Argentina, we tend to make jokes with the surnames, and Musa was. Uh, there was a joke made with mozzarella, the, the mozzarella, mm. the, the 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 pizza uh, made with cheese, and of course joking with that surname. And Musa is a is a player that has already scored several goals to Argentina in the in the friendly in the last friendly that ha- that the Nigeria won for two, and in the last World Cup also. Yeah, he scored uh, twice in in, yes. in the last World Cup. And play and he also mentioned in a press conference before the match that he had also scored playing for Leicester against Barcelona. So uh, he with Messi in 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 match in the matches uh, he had the opportunity to score uh, several goals. Mm. Um, it, this wasn't the case because the one the other the one who scored was even when had the same meaning or or, or so uh, it was his teammate who scored but uh, a lot of jokes but the the thing is that he was a dangerous striker and he also also scored absolutely yeah um what did you make of of Argentina's performance overall um as i always say i wouldn't have uh, Expected a huge or a massive improvement from the, the disastrous uh, performance showed against Croatia, but it was really a best, a better performance uh, decidedly from the attitude and from the from the play also, uh, also from, from from the way they they played um, with some players that it was they were like alive again because after Croatia defeat. Uh, uh, they, well, it was hard to to predict or to preview uh, how they will play again uh, for Argentina. Um, I think that there was a meeting between San Paoli, uh, the players, and, and the president of AFA Tapia. Uh, from for for some support from for some journalists, it, it was for the players to make the the ones who who build the team. But I think that it was really to to organize themselves and to well to to see that Nigeria defeating Iceland get, got them another life in the World Cup and to take that life mm. yeah that um, life. 
and I think that they played like th that way uh, yesterday. Uh, uh, there will be a lot of things to improve. Of course, it it, it wasn't the best uh, uh, possible performance, but the the one the performance needed to at least get that uh, passage to the to round of sixteen. Yeah, uh, I, I thought that. Um, I mean, largely, largely, I agree. I, I, th I think the the stress levels, the the worry levels of the team looked much lower. Lionel Messi in particular, I think I spoke on last week's episode about, um, in my opinion, that, that Messi was, was suffering from a tremendous amount of stress during those first couple of matches and, and didn't really know how to deal with it and sort of shut down as a result. Um, it, it was a 180 degree change from him um, in, in the match on, what day of the week is it? Wednesday. Yes. So on Tuesday, in Tuesday's match, um, took his goal magnificently. Was getting the ball so much higher up the pitch, much more often, uh, making the sort of runs and touches that that Argentina need from him, particularly in the first half. Not quite so much maybe in the second, um, but still a, a really good performance, and was pretty important to his team on that mental level as well. In a way that didn't happen against Croatia, once the first goal went in. A previously decent performance basically went to shit because the team's head slumped. Um, this time around, I was just reading before Andres got here. Actually, uh, Marcos Rojo uh, talking about the that that photo that a lot of you have probably seen by now of Messi getting his his uh, teammates around in the in the tunnel before going out for the second half and gathering them around for a chat. And Marcos Rojo said that that what Messi said was, you know, don't be nervous. Uh, you know, go out there and continue to play with the conviction we're playing with, and and, and we can do this. And Rojo said that that really helped him because he actually was nervous <laughs> at the time. He was he was bricking it, uh, and that and that helped them all to relax. Um, and that's the kind of leadership that that Argentina need from their captain. Yes. As of course is that goal, which was just so well taken. And yes, um, and there was a the change of attitude was I think remarkable in the sense of. Uh, in the last the, in the last minutes of the match, with Messi uh, throwing himself to the floor to 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 quit balls and and something really really different to the to the image he showed uh, against Croatia, and Argentina has another thing which is that the players that the more are criticized there are some players that the more they are criticized then the be the better they play because well Marcos Rojo and the, um, well, of course, Messi, but uh, there were some players like Rojo, for example, and I was going to say an, to, to mention another one I, I forgot, but, well, Rojo, because he scored the goal, uh, criticized enormously, um, and then they played like they played, well, Rojo, not only because of the goal, he, he was really good, and in a, in a position I also uh, thought he wouldn't work uh, in, in a, as a second cent uh, second. Uh, uh, centre back um, and and a third one for a fair bit of the of the second half after um after after San Paolo switched to a back three when Tony Fico was replaced by Aguero, which was what with uh, oh no not not that much of the second half actually about the last ten minutes or fifteen minutes including stoppage time yeah no he uh, I thought he had a really good game during the first half he was very good at taking the ball carrying the ball out of defence playing it into midfield during the second half he managed to keep that up. Um, you know, regular listeners will be aware that as a Manchester United fan, I'm not always the happiest with Mr. Rojo's performances. Um, but uh, there's something about him in the World Cup, isn't there? Yes. Um, 
then, then, then we can perhaps discuss more uh, individually the players uh, or I, I, I know that you uh, wrote a piece in which you gave a score to the to the to the players and uh, I, I don't know if to per perhaps to the number or the score but uh, uh, it's good to analyze uh, the well the highlights and also the points that it was this Maturana discussed for example if he, hmm. he won, went down uh, the other the the I think the opposite to that to the, to some of his teammates he uh, after two decent games now they he was uh, I think uh, worse. We, we should, before we go into too much depth on Javier Mascherano's performance, we should acknowledge that there has been some debate about this. Yes. Uh, I was actually quite surprised initially, like yesterday evening, um, when somebody tweeted to me to say, how can you possibly give Mascherano such a low rating? He had an absolutely brilliant game. Uh, it hadn't even, you know, I was on Twitter during the game. Um, I was looking at what other people were saying. I was watching it myself. It hadn't occurred to me that anybody could think that Javier Mascherano had had anything other than an awful match. Um, it, it's it's really fascinating. I, I don't mean this dismissively. I don't mean it sarcastically. I find it really interesting how people can watch the same game and watch the same player doing the same things. And some people will see nothing but but, but good points in that. And and then you know in, in this case you know people uh, like me will, will pick up on all the bad parts. I mean I. Have I, I don't fault Mascherano's character um, or, or his drive at all, but I think that if they had had a player, almost any other player in that midfield position, who had actually been able to pass it to his teammates occasionally, um, then he might not have had to be quite so all-action in the deep central midfield position. I will say as a caveat... It, it, it forms a caveat, um, you know, as, as somebody who thinks that he played badly. Obviously, if you think he played well, then you don't need the caveat. Um, but I will say that uh, this this was a different Argentina setup, and that the way the midfield was with Evo Banega alongside him, and Enzo Perez, um, both playing a little bit more positively, um, he did have more to do than he did against Croatia, where Lucas Biglia was helping out for uh, at least most of the match. Can't remember whether all of it, but you know, there, there was no double five. Mascherano was was the five on his own, and he's thirty four. He's he's obviously past the peak of his powers. Um, so there is that to bear in mind. But I, I just thought Mascherano. My personal view of Mascherano's performance was that the best part of it was that bit where he sprinted back thirty or forty yards um, to make up um, all of that 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 distance on a Nigerian forward who I'm afraid I've forgotten the identity of. Um, and, and put in a fantastic tackle to deny him a shooting opportunity. But the reason he was doing that was because he was the one who'd given yes. it to the four with a, a really loose pass to start with. And, and uh, I thought that said everything for me personally. Yes, he was able to fix some, some mistakes that he had previously made, uh, perhaps with uh, mis errors in, in, in some passes or, or, or perhaps not being able to control the ball and then having to, to tackle, tackle or, or, or throw himself to the floor to... To, to have the ball back, mm. um, but yes, uh, Enzo Perez, it, I think it was incredible the, the the way he he connected to the team after having, well now he it was I think ten days with the team after having been uh, on vacation in the, the beach and, mm. and 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 yesterday it was like he has something with the national team that uh, also is not very easy to explain because. Yeah, we're, I mean, we're, we're both River sympathisers, so to an extent there's some bias here, although we have just both criticised Mascherano, so maybe not. 
but um, I, I, I thought Perez was was good, and I also thought that the sort of the tandem in midfield ahead of Mascherano, the the the, the Perez and Banega partnership just ahead of him, um, worked really well because they were both doing different things to get the ball to Messi. Perez was was making the forward runs, being quite close to Messi. Um, going outside him sometimes dropping inside him sometimes and Banega was on the other side of the pitch often staying deeper and looking for him with with those long passes for instance the the fantastic one uh, which led to the goal um, which was an absolute peach sometimes putting up a little bit further and and searching for those different angles and I thought that that partnership worked very well and is a justification for a Mascherano type midfielder to sit behind them and give them that freedom I'm just not sure that Mascherano himself is the man to do it and having said that because there is a flame war going on in our comments at the moment um, as, as we record I'm not suggesting that Lucas Biglia is definitely the man who should come in to replace Mascherano, I'm not suggesting that that person is in the squad I'm not saying Mascherano was poor yesterday and should be replaced by this person I'm just saying Mascherano was poor yesterday in my opinion, yes. the, the, the fact that there's nobody better the on the bench doesn't change that The problem is that it will be just fantastic for Enzo Perez and Banega be both in midfield with no other uh, player along them. But I think that it will be necessary because Vanega is not a classic number five, neither in Superes. Mm. Uh, because he, in some in some passages in, in the match, he played more in the right, uh, in the position that he likes more, I think, than in the uh, fixed center midfielder in which he plays at River. Uh, that's why I think that he was able to give more uh, passes, capacity to, to Messi and... and and not only Messi, but uh, I think his main function was that, uh, re- um, remembering what he that he had previously done in the final of the World Cup, in the previous World Cup, and the Ecuador against game against Ecuador in the uh, South American Conmebol uh, qualifications. Yeah. Um, so yes, it's uh, really there are a lot of things to to to, to say, and in surprises. Another miracle of, well, uh, how ca- how a player can uh, go from the beach to the to the training sessions and now be, I don't know if he will be key, but at least he I think he he, he won his his uh, place in the in starting eleven. It, it'll be the, the the narrative. If Argentina go far, then that, that yeah, and Perez is is playing every game, then then that that will be the narrative that people pick up on. I'm reminded a little bit since we've just mentioned this, not because of anything that's, that I think is actually going to happen, um, but of you know Denmark in, in Euro '92, who I don't know whether you know this, Andres, but uh, in the, they they didn't qualify for the tournament. Yugoslavia qualified ahead of them, um, and then Yugoslavia ceased to be a country, and Denmark is the next. I think it was because they were the next side down in in qualifying. Their players were all on their summer holidays on beaches in various bits of Europe or the Caribbean or wherever and they all suddenly got got phone calls saying hey we're playing at the Euros in two weeks time and they went on and they won the Euros that year um, so uh, obviously not quite uh, that much of a surprise if, if anything happens this time but Enzo Perez at least is, is one player who was so maybe that's another omen or maybe not um, there are other um, calls that were made one of them was a change that loads of people were talking about before the game very very few people have been talking about after the game and I think it's pretty significant actually and I think the fact that very few people are talking about it underlines how significant it is 
And that is the decision in the third match of the World Cup, when it was absolute do or die, to finally decide to start playing with a goalkeeper who has hands. Yes. Remarkable. Um, and the I, I don't know what the international commentator's uh, reaction was, um, but that one ball that Franco Aramani had to save when uh, Otamendi, I think it was, slipped and Igalo, uh, the substitute forward, um, got in and Armani, you know, very unfussily stood up to him, yes. made the save. Not Nothing spectacular. Yes. It, was, it was a tight angle, but it was precisely the kind of moment when if Willy Cabachero had been in goal uh, with the, the sort of things he was doing in the previous two matches, that would have been hearts in mouths for Argentine fans um, and it probably was anyway I mean I'm not Argentine of course I, I, I know that I was a bit nervous about it um, but uh, Franco Armani obviously conceded the penalty there wasn't an awful lot he could have done about that um, but uh, it, it was it was an enormous improvement I, I particularly enjoyed all the bits in the first half where Argent- on the rare occasions Argentina's defenders played it back to him he just hoofed it and the fact I mean, that has already been said uh, it doesn't mean that it's not important, but hasn't ha, haven't been playing played even a single minute before of the of this. Uh, I don't know. I don't like to say the most important match of the last years, but it was. Mm. Uh, and he he yes he his uh, performance was the one needed for a, a goalkeeper of a national team that also plays in a in a big team in his country. So yes. Uh, uh, of course, we don't have to say thank you to Cavachero for that mistake. Uh, that now we have a goalkeeper, but uh, not so be that ironic. But mm. uh, finally, it was like that. Yeah, um, and I kind of wondered whether that had a knock-on effect with Otamendi and Rojo as well. Obviously, Rojo was was superb. Otamendi would look much more solid apart from that slip uh, to let Igalo in. But that that was, I mean, literally, it was a slip. It wasn't a, a slip up, as it were. <laughs> it was a literal slip. Um, I don't know whether having who they felt was a more reliable goalkeeper behind them helped because I don't know whether they feel he is a more reliable goalkeeper. I assume they do because it's pretty plain to see that he is. But you know, you never know what the players are thinking. Um, but it, it certainly felt watching it as if that might be at least part of the case. Um, Even with Materano that we mentioned, there, that I, I agree with you that I think that he didn't play very well. But it looks like and even when he's a bit early to, to say it, that looks like there will be this, a team very or, or very similar or the same team playing against against France. Uh, independently yep. of the of the of the qualities that France may have. And what do you think of that? I, I, I particularly wonder um what you think of one player who we haven't mentioned yet, um, who will be playing against the land of his birth in the second round. You mean who? Gonzalo Higuain. Ah. Born in France. Um, Ah, yes, sorry. Because he's another one who's divided opinion. And I can understand it a little bit more with Higuain than I can with Mascherano. Um, In as much as I thought Higuain was quietly decent. Not spectacular. Had that half chance where he clattered the, the Nigerian goalkeeper instead of lifting it over him. Um... But I thought that the things that he did, aside from his finishing, the link-up play, the hold-up play, bringing especially Messi and, and Perez um, into the match at various points, were really good. I thought he worked very well for the rest of the team. 
Having said that, I thought that Aguero also did the same thing against Croatia while he was on the pitch. And it's worth bearing in mind that Aguero was subbed very shortly after the first Croatian goal and was really pissed off about this. And, I mean, I I thought it was a mistake as well because Aguero, up to that point, had also been doing the good stuff off the ball, even though he barely touched the ball in the first half because he'd been leading the high press. The thing that he he scored... And so they both... The thing is is that he scored against Haiti and Iwain didn't, Mm. same as the game against Iceland. Well, Iguain didn't play that that much. No, of course, and, and Iguain is always going to be the victim of these memes and everything. You know, every yes. time he plays for Argentina without scoring, yes. he's, he's going to he get it in the neck. He saved himself from the, that memes uh, because Rojo scored the, the second goal, and now, uh, and and in in the stadium he was uh, had not standing ovation, but he was his name was sang mm. uh, or his his nickname Pipa. Yeah. Um, so and he was grateful for that. Uh, thankful, sorry, um, but yes, I, I I am not decided whether it's better to maintain Iwain in the, in the team or to, to include Aguero. I think that uh, if you want with it, with that team, well, sometimes there is this phrase, uh, team that wins. Uh, well, it's better not to touch it. Yeah. Um, even when when. When it was touched in the second half with with Pavon, that was interesting. Not being that, uh, perhaps uh, uh, how to say, it? Um, uh, he was not. Uh, well, I don't. I mean, he, he didn't sort of light things up in the way that he has done in previous sub appearances, and, yes. and and that was one moment I have to say when I wondered when the shape of the side was being lost a little bit again in the same way it was against Croatia because Pavon coming on for Enzo Perez who as we've just said was having a pretty good game um, seemed a little bit weird it, 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 it took a body out of the midfield it didn't add very much I mean th- th- there was still th- there was one very obvious player on the pitch I think and again we're into differing opinions because Jorge Sampaoli clearly didn't think so. Um, but there was one player on the pitch who, who I would have definitely taken off and put Pavon on in his place and it would have been a like-for-like substitution because, again, Angel Di Maria, um, I thought, was was disappointing. Um, and it was one of the points I made to somebody who, who said to me on Twitter uh, last night that, that Banega kind of faded in the second half. And I was like, well, Banega's constant desire to play that forward pass was one thing that helped to keep Nigeria on the on the back foot and, and Argentina on the front foot even as Argentina were losing a bit of their um, their shape and it wasn't Banega's fault that those forward passes a lot of the time had to be aimed at Angel Di Maria who kept on running well, them out of play or if, if he fades every match but every match will take passes like they like the one he took well, yeah, exactly, yeah. against against Nigeria well uh, Please fade in the second half, but in mm. the first one, uh, put passes like that. Uh, but I mean, I, I, anyway, I, I thought that Pavon for uh, for Di Maria was was the far more obvious substitution. You yes. keep them. If, I don't uh, know whether perhaps uh, yeah, Perez isn't one hundred percent still. There were a couple of doubts about him before the ma- the game, so maybe that played into it. But I admit that I got excited with Di Maria's start of the match because he was more lively. Um, mm. not yeah, he he drew the free kick, didn't he? That that, that Messi hit the post from. Um, yes. There were, okay, so Di Maria had a couple of good moments in the first half. Uh, but then, yes, he completely disappeared and was the same Di Maria that had been watching uh, in the last matches. Um, yes, the, the obvious change perhaps uh, was that, and, and yes, 
no, no, don't understand what somebody wanted to do there, uh, mm. honestly. Yeah. Um, so the changes, at least for Sampoli, still a little bit of work to do. And and the, and the forwards, Aguero clearly offers more of a goal threat. But as I say, Higuain is, is a good leader of the line, I think. And so it depends on whether you're planning to have that very high press and the explosive finishing that Aguero offers. And this level. It's not as if Higuain can't score, obviously. He's scored bucket loads for Juventus. I'm going to get some people pointing this out to me if I don't mention this. Uh, but for Argentina, for some time, he's, he's now looks a little bit less reliable than he used to. Um, so, yeah, it's sort of yes. two different styles of option and whichever one you want to go for, I guess. The ones that look far from Russia are uh, Lochelso, especially. And, well, Dybala had some moments against Croatia. Uh, then nothing else. Um, so yes, do we have two players there that are perhaps uh, are not in the? It's like Sampoli wouldn't have called them up. Uh, finally, Lochelso is the particularly confusing one, though, given that he played against Haiti. Um, I mean, Dybala, we we knew all along that Dybala was was going to need basically is going to need Messi to get injured or suspended in order for Dybala to play again. Um, but Lochelso seemed to be in in Sampoli's thinking for the midfield. And he hasn't been. I know we've had a question about it in a, in a little bit, so we'll yes. get on to it later. But after this uh, Banega match, or well, performance, in the, especially in the first half, looks uh, even more difficult for Rochelso to uh, at least to have minutes. Or well, we will have to wait until the France France match, which is different because I I, I think at least previously to the to the match that they will play a more open game uh, because they want, they need to win, of course. There will be people saying that against Denmark they played more defensively, but because they are they were already qualified and they they needed a draw only. But in this case, I think that they will play more offensively and they will have to to go a bit mm. uh, well ahead and, and and that is better for Argentina, uh, of course. And it's a tricky one to call because obviously Argentina have looked. Far from great, as anybody who's listened to this podcast in the last couple of weeks will be aware. Uh, that Well, if you've watched the World Cup, you'll be aware. And if you've listened to the podcast in the last couple of weeks, you'll be aware that this is our opinion. But I also thought that France haven't really looked that brilliant in Group C. They were very ordinary indeed against yes. Australia in the opener. Um, Peru <laughs> it, it impressed everyone in the world, I think, in all three of their group games and were quite... Um, Naive, I think it's fair to say, to uh, certainly not to uh, at least get a point and probably a win against Denmark, um, and then push France all the way as well. And in the final group game, it was a case of well, Denmark set out to play for a draw, and France weren't bothered enough or weren't able um, to break that down. So perhaps that final group game and the fact that both sides were through um, with the draw makes it well no sorry they were both no they were both through with the draw of course because Australia if they'd been uh, through would have gone through yes. that makes it a bit harder to call but I've not really been excited by France no and they have scored effectively in fact they have scored the same amount of goals than Argentina three goals hmm. uh, with uh, yes uh, having won, won one more match but we are perhaps excited because of the names and Mbappé and Mele and Pogba Griezmann, Giroud, and, and but yes, uh, uh, we are focused perhaps on Argentina, and we missed that France wasn't that uh, monster or a great team that uh, appears to be now that they are they are going to play with against Argentina. I mean, you know, they've still got Golo Kante, uh, Steven Zonzi, 
They've got Paul Pogba, who didn't play against Denmark. Yes. Uh, Ousmane Dembele. Their midfield has one or two more options than Argentina's does. Um, and the midfield is the most important area in, in modern football. Um, so France have still, I think, got to be favourites. But um, they, have, they have a stable goalkeeper like Lloris. Uh, then, yeah. then, yes, they have a MTT in the defence. I think it's they have perhaps if you pl talk about their names and their players uh, uh, a bit of an advantage uh, compared to Argentina and the thing that you said about the the, the the perhaps more possibilities in the midfield but then I think they they arrived to the, the round of 16, 16 quite even mm. even uh, with Argentina being awful in the first matches and being uh, Quite better in the in, in the last one. Um, I think that for this match they will be a huge. Uh, uh, but I I don't I will and I won't. Uh, it won't be easy, wouldn't be easy for me to preview or to predict a, a result there uh, because of this. Indeed. Um, for a little bit of color before we go to our halftime break, Andres, where did you watch the game? What what were your reactions when you? Well, I had to watch it in the office at the office because it was 3 p.m. here. Um, and by well, shouting the goal a lot, uh, uh, I didn't. I didn't uh, see the how how the others reacted because I was so so inside the game that uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was like shouting out and, and celebrating the goal, and then being like <sighs> like this, and, and this is it. Yeah, I, I had a mate round, and he was uh, when when the winner went in, he, he tried to run out to. The balcony just here, as, as you know, my balcony window does not open very easily at all. So we ended up resorting to just banging on the glass. And I was thinking, oh, no, please don't bang it too hard because it's really fragile glass. It, it's going to break. There are cracks in the windows as it is. Um, but yeah, we, we can actually hear. We had the window open uh, just a crack. We can't open it further because of the catch. It goes out onto the balcony otherwise. Uh, and we don't have a, a net up. Um, but one of the fan fests is just a few blocks that way. It's in buckets in Denario. Um, and even though it's on the other side of the park, we could hear the firecrackers that people were letting off afterwards as well. It was quite something. Um, we are going to take a break now. I'm going to refill our glasses. And when we come back, we will go through some lovely listeners' questions and try to sift through the argument that's happening about Javier Mascherano and whether he's passed it or not uh, on our notifications without boring you all as well. So don't go away. begin this second half with a couple of plugs. One of them um, is for a different podcast that doesn't really need any plugs, but I was on it uh, yesterday or earlier today. Not sure exactly when it went online. Um, it's for the Totally Football Show. So if you've not heard the latest, actually no, they're probably doing one daily, aren't they? So it's probably whichever, it might not be the latest, it definitely won't be by the time you hear this, uh, but there is one with me on it, so uh, it recorded shortly after Argentina's win uh, yesterday, so go and listen to that if you want to. 
Um, and the other is for our Patreon page, Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Hand of Pod, um, which is where you can pledge us some money and become a Hand of Pod supporter. In return for that, you get a couple, uh, if, if you pledge uh, $5 a month or more, then you get a couple of Hand of Pod extras each week. These are short 10-minute uh, little sections at the moment, of course, with our thoughts on, on the World Cup um, and and so forth. A little bit of extra content. We have to say thank you very much indeed to all of our patrons. We always do, or we always try to remember to, uh, but particularly this week because just a couple of days ago we went through the $100 a month Patreon barrier, um, which is magnificent um, and also because immediately before we started recording I had the enormous pleasure having finally got around to sitting down and doing the mathematics on how much I owed everybody for the couple of months since we set the Patreon up of paying Andres for the first time and it was a little bit more than I thought I was going to be giving him as well so that's really really nice thank you very much to everybody who has been supporting us on Patreon um, please continue to do so and uh, please tell family and friends and whatnot too as well uh, if you can um, okay on with listeners' questions. We've had lots of them, unsurprisingly. Uh, the first is from somebody who's just got a picture of an Argentine flag and a goat um, as his Twitter name. The the handle is at LaMassia86. And he says, or she says, uh, is the best formation for Argentina the one that they had in the final 15 minutes based on how they fought back to win the game? I think the 4-4-2 at the start was working quite well as well. The, the, the way that it was set up with Di Maria having said that he, he didn't play particularly well, but with somebody in that role of shuttling between the midfield and, and the forward line, um, and with Enzo Perez and, and Nebo Banega giving a good mix in the attacking midfield roles. Um, but certainly, I mean, the, the one that at, at the end I thought was a little bit more planned out than the Croatian one. The, 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 sorry, the, the plan against Croatia. Um, in terms of, of shape, having said that uh, the change, as, as Latrice the cat nearly knocks Andres's phone off the table, uh, having said that the change, you know, of Pavon for Perez uh, risked losing some of the team shape, I, I still would have had Pavon on for Di Maria. Um, but in terms of the, the shift, the, if, if you're going to make a shift to a back three halfway through the game or 70, 80 minutes into the game, knowing that the team aren't necessarily the most comfortable with it. Thank you. No nails, please. No, don't do that. The cat is doing her best to interrupt. Um, then it's, it, it makes... Um, you know, the way that that one was done, I think, makes sense. Tony Afika wasn't having a good game. Stick it where or on. At least you're sticking th- some bodies yes. in there, I guess. I think it was clear uh, that unless you need it because you... Well, you strictly need it, uh, there will won't be a th- a three uh, men uh, defense anymore. Um, there will be a four line, a line of four, uh, like, like yesterday with uh, even Mer- I think Mercado and Telefico didn't play a, a very be- a, at, at their very best. Uh, but well, Mercado with the cross that finally en- ended with a goal from from Rojo. I, I think that Telefico has been a bit of a shot. I think Telefico still has a national team future. But I think that this World Cup has come at him a little bit hard and fast. Uh, you know, he, he's just been in Europe for six months. He's getting used to a higher standard of football, um, and this time round, it, it, it's just been a little bit sort of 
caught up with him a bit. I don't know. Similarly to Maxi Mesa, really. I don't think either of them have done an awful lot wrong. The cat is getting a bit active. I apologise if you can hear her. Don't worry, Andre. She won't scratch you, really. But she has got slightly long nails. That's my fault. Um, neither of them, in my opinion, have done an awful lot wrong. They just, they, they've just they not quite managed to connect yet. Um, yes. it, it's, it's, a, it's a pity. Mercado, yeah, I mean, I, I'd agree. He, he had good moments and quiet moments. Yes, uh, I think that the, apart from that, the, the, the formation that Argentina had in the last 15 minutes was uh, tended to, to, to look desperately for the goal because it was 1-1 and they needed uh, uh, the, the, that goal that finally came. But I think that, yes, the... the, the 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 team that started the the match I think they w- the, it, it will be also the one that will start against France mm. uh, as I think at least the ideal the ideal formation or the formation that worked best uh, in the benefit of the names I mean the, the, the that four line with, yeah. with the f- more that that crazy ideas of two defenders three right and left back uh, and, and midfielders at the same time and and, and, and and strikers that rotate themselves, I think that idea is great, but not to put in practice now. So. Yeah, and, and interestingly, um, the, the received wisdom, at least in the press at the moment, um, seems to be that the lineup is going to be very similar with possibly just one change. Uh, the change in question being Angel Di Maria um, being taken out for Christian Pabon. Yes, that but is then, perhaps the. That's what we expected yes. between the Iceland and uh, Croatia games, and it ended up being Maxi Mesa. Anyway, uh, we have to uh, to see because Pavon is, of course, I think he's the player that is the, the the player most asked from the supporters at this time. But uh, we have to watch him play from the last the first minute because mm. now uh, I think the idea of of Sampoli and is I think it's not that crazy is to advantage. Uh, Take advantage of, of Pavon's speed in the last minutes, uh, taking into account that uh, perhaps the rivals are, are tired yeah. and he's fresh and, and also. And, and that was one fast. thing that, that yeah. certainly, even even though I thought that Enzo Perez shouldn't have been the person to come off uh, for him, that he definitely added was that there were a couple of, of nice little balls from uh, Banega and I think Rojo, uh, which took advantage of the fact that Pavon was able to sprint past that last man and release a little bit of pressure. Uh, in fact, the, the, I think the first play in which he participated, I mean Pavon, uh, he uh, won to, their def- to the defender that was marking him uh, running, I mean, uh, by, 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 uh, because he was faster. Mm. And that's, that's something to take into account, I think. Um, I, I don't know if the French uh, uh, right backs, right or left backs, are, 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 are fast enough or are fast, but. Uh, I think that the idea, uh, I don't say that it's the best, but the idea of somebody is that to um, to uh, perhaps put some uh, Pavon in the last minutes and stick with Di Maria. Uh, well, yeah. uh, I, I don't know whether it's the best or not, but that's the idea. We'll see. Um, La Masia also says, also, would it be better if Mascherano never played another game and instead helped San Paoli on the sideline picking the subs? Um Given what we were saying about people's different opinions, this is the first one of them. Um, in, in my opinion, perhaps I don't know. 
Uh, Mascherano was not supposed to be a starter in this World Cup, remember. He was yes. meant to be going along almost as a member of the coaching body, but because he's not got coaches' qualifications, he was being called up. Um, and he's ended up working his way into the midfield because there aren't any other suitably high-class options uh, in that role. Um, there were also these rumours of, of the players uh, being the ones who build the team, along with Sampoli, uh, and that rumour took uh, more strength since that photo of uh, Maturano talking yeah. with Sampoli. Uh, that We've actually got the very next question is about yes. that, so we'll get on to that right now. La Masia adds, also great to have Andres back. Thank you. Uh, and then Rich comes in with, did Messi pick the team last night? We've also had another couple of questions from other people uh, asking whether Mascherano had picked the team last night so I don't think that we're ignoring you but we're going to treat these both as the same question uh, did Messi pick the team last night and will he see the light about starting Pavon B France over Di Maria there was a meeting between players and AFA president Claudio Tapia and Jorge Sampaoli it was agreed that there would be more consultation around picking the team and it was agreed from the reports that I read, I don't know how trustworthy they are, um, that, and I think that they are borne out by what we saw yesterday, by the way, um, but I don't know how, how much actually evidence-based they are. It was agreed, apparently, that the tactical plans for the matches would be a little bit simpler and a little bit more well-suited to the players rather than to Sam Pauli's own ideas, trying to put square pegs in round holes. Uh, as I say, I think that that was borne out, but... Uh, the, the, the point was being made by, by one of the journalists on ESPN, which I was watching just before Andres turned up, uh, Diego Monroig, was saying that it's not really anything unusual for the manager to sort of pick and then to talk to the particularly the, the important players when you have a squad like Argentina's, which has got some players who are you know, obviously very central to the main group, um, and, and, and to sort of govern by consensus rather than just to say, look, I'm the manager and you're all going to do exactly what I say, as might be the case. For example, I, I don't know anything really about the internal politics of, of the team I'm about to mention. So, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that, that this is, but I can imagine it being the case with a team like England, who have a very, very, very young team in comparison with most of the others in the tournament, um, and a manager who's, who's concentrating on doing the, the simple things right. It wouldn't surprise me if Gareth Southgate is, is asking England's main players what they think of certain things. But at the same time, I kind of don't get the impression he is. Because there aren't any undisputed leaders who you know have the experience of playing in three or four... World, well, no, sorry, not three or four, obviously, but two or three uh, World Cups prior to this one and, and all the rest of it. Um, you have, so to, no, remember, I, you have to remember that Mascherano uh, made his debut... Uh, at the national team before his deb- he, deb- uh, he made his mm-hmm. debut uh, at River uh, he has a long time since he he played his first match 18 years ago uh, yeah something like that wasn't it so well of course it's not to, just to justify that Mascherano meets San Paoli to, to perhaps have talkings and, 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 and change their have an, uh, an interview and, 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 and give their opinions but it's and that, you can't doubt that Machano has some authority there to have his say his point of view to give his opinion, um, and of course saying that Sampoli when 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 Machano made his debut at the national team, Sampoli was in Casilda. I'm not saying that that Sampoli is useless, but it's the truth mm. uh, yeah. because it was like that. So uh, 
Sampoli is the coach and he has to be the authority there, but also Machano, uh, independent of, of the, his performance and, and the w level of the, of the writings he has, he has uh, had mostly most part of his career in the national team. So I think that uh, uh, it's no surprise if he has some uh, interview with the, with the coach and, and uh, not not to say okay okay Javier uh, build the, build the team, but to ask him what what he thinks about some tactics and, and systems. Yeah, um, it, it it's. You know, it, it, it sounds weird. Of course, there are great teams who've who've played under managers who are authoritarian or or who don't take any shit from their players or whatever. But there have also been great teams. I'm not suggesting that this Argentina are a great team, um, but there have been great teams as well who, who've who've done things this way with with the manager sort of governing by consensus. Uh, but the other thing that that I think bears pointing out to a lot of our listeners who are in places like the United States and, and, and the UK is that the Argentine sports media can be poisonous um, and it can be a competition to see who can, you know, n not who can get the biggest scoop, but who can just say the most controversial thing um, or, or who can make up the best lie. I mean, Ricardo Caruso Lombardi doesn't have a fucking clue what's going on in the Argentine camp. How would he? And yes. yet he said a few days ago that Christian Pavon had beaten up Javier Mascherano. Something that's yes. you know transparently not true. <laughs> yes. um, uh, if he but, had said that Machirano punched a Pavon, that would have more had more sense. Uh, but, <laughs> Possibly, yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, it, it, so so you have this to compete with as well, and and, and there are political um, <sighs> reasonings behind all of this, both political within the AFA, because Claudio Tapia uh, put a lot of his uh, sort of um, uh, campaign and uh, initial building up of his power base since becoming AFA president on the success of the national team, hence Sanya Gallo Bausa and appointing Jorge Sampaoli, and outside the AFA as well. If you, if you watch Teise, which is, I think, in the US, US, USA, you can watch Teise there, Teise Sports. Uh, if you believe that, now Ruchaga would have been the, the coach, mm. not Sampaoli. Because exactly, the, the and, and the other thing about this whole idea that the players are picking the, uh, the that the players are picking the players, as it were, yeah. is that there are some names even in this most recent game uh, against Nigeria, which Sampaoli's clearly picks. Maxime Mesa is is one of the players Sampaoli likes. Uh, Nicolas Tagliafico is one of the players that Sampaoli likes. Franco Armani is one of the players that, you know, if, if, if you're going to pick it based on who are Messi's uh, mates, as, as admitted, claim, it, it, Cabachero would have still yes. been in goal. Machereno admitted when uh, Armani was, was called up that he didn't know Ma Ar Armani's face. So mm. it's impossible for Machereno or Messi to say Sampoli, okay, uh, please call up Armani. Because they knew him here in Russia, mm. in the World Cup. Exactly. Um... So yeah, it, it's it's overblown um, a lot of this, and, and yes. no, Messi didn't pick the team. Um, will Messi see the light about starting Pavon with France over Di Maria? Don't know. Will Sampaoli? Well, I mentioned it a few weeks ago, uh, a few minutes ago. Weeks? I don't know why I said that. Yes. Well, we have been suggesting it for weeks, but, <laughs> but that's another matter. Um, but it, it's the one change from the starting eleven against Nigeria that looks at the moment like it might happen but of course second guessing Jorge Sampaoli 
um, in terms of predicted lineups is always difficult. I apologise if you can hear scraping in the background. The cat is currently going to the toilet. Um, Tariq Al Haider says, "Where in the world is Gio Nocelso? I wish we knew." Well, he's at Bruninski, but uh, yeah. don't know whether uh, he what, what he's doing. I, I have to say that after yesterday's game, I'm a little less concerned with him because Eva Banega put in a good, a good performance. I, I've, I'm on record as saying that Banega can be frustrating for Argentina. Um, and play one match brilliantly and another match poorly. After how good he was against Nigeria, I would be inclined to keep him in the team. At the same time, having just said that, I'm still not 100% confident that he'll be able to repeat it against France because he's he's been so up and down uh, in his international career so far. So we'll have to see whether he's still got his game face on. Tariq also asks, will being the underdogs against France alleviate some of the pressure on the players? Yes, of course. I think so, yeah. The the absolute do or die absolutely cannot do anything less than this for Argentina was getting out the group stage. Argentina, I think these players perhaps uh, can be criticized of a lot of things, but are are if there is something in which they are specialists is in taking heavy bags out of their shoulders. Mm. Yeah, and the other thing is that. Before the tournament kicked off, two or three weeks before the tournament kicked off, we knew that the group was going to be awkward for Argentina because we could remember the Euros from two years ago. We knew that Iceland were not the very similar to Haiti team that Jorge Sampaoli suggested. We knew it was going to be a, a bruising opening game. Uh, we knew about the quality of Croatia. Yes, it, it was a surprise even to us that Argentina found it this difficult, but then it maybe wasn't that much of a surprise. But even though the average Argentine fan will have been looking at it and thinking, oh, we'll, we'll beat Iceland by three or four goals, and anything less is a complete embarrassment. In spite of that, there was still a feeling that quarterfinals should be something that Argentina can be very happy with at this World Cup, because people are aware of the limitations of this team. Um, and so, yeah, I, I do think that that ought to take an awful lot of pressure off the France game. The danger is that the manner in which the winning goal came and the sort of epic feeling of the match that it came in has now got quite a few people thinking, you know, it, this is destiny. Marcos Rojo is now destined to score a hat-trick in the final yes. against Brazil after putting England out with his hand in the semi-final or something like that. You know, like, um, and, and so there's a sort of a danger in some circles that... that absolutely anything now is going to be considered a failure up to and including failing to score five goals in the final um, even if you win it and we are and yet I do think that Tariq has a point I, I do think it takes some pressure off for the next round and we are too used to have individual heroes like Romero in the semi-finals of the of 2014 World Cup mm. now Marcos Rojo or Messi in the case of the first goal that was uh, if the game would have ended like that, would have been the hero. Um, so it was. It it will it will be better for the team to be the hero. But well, in this case, it's not possible as Argentina doesn't look to have a a, a team. Of course, they have, but a team in which anyone could be the hero and not uh, waiting for one only mm. uh, hero. And Tony. Uh, whose name and Twitter handle I've, I've not 
I can't remember seeing before, so welcome to the Hunter Pod uh, question section, Tony. Says, what happened to Lo Celso? Um, similar question to what we had a minute ago. I, I, I wish we knew. I, I think in, in future years, it'll be a, a question that the only, the only <laughs> maybe answer gets asked more. But. Possible answer is that Sampoli thought that he would be... Uh, he would enter in this system and finally he mm. he he uh, realized that he wouldn't. Yeah, I mean logically it has to be that, doesn't it? Um, yes. Given given the test against Haiti and everything, uh, Tony also says, "Can we have your take on Sampaoli's solitary celebration?" Um, I hadn't actually, I hadn't really seen it because I was going to mental myself after the goal, but I watched it because I saw this question um, a couple of hours ago, so I, I looked up a video and saw it. Um, and my take is is just that Sampaoli sort of. Ran was was lost in his own head and seemed to he ran in the opposite direction to all of his assistants who were legging it off obviously towards Marcos Rojo um, and just got lost in his own little world. I don't think that there's much like these rumours that other people are picking the team for him. Uh, I don't think there's too much I, to be read into it. I don't like the way he celebrates the goals and, and the way he expresses to the players and and also well against Croatia he insulted the rival. Mm. So it's better for him to to be alone and, and celebrate his way and <laughs> and this is it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, okay. The, the relationship may or may not be as warm as it um, as it seemed to be before the tournament. Now with the players, but I, I think that a lot of the the, the the stuff about the problems is overblown. Uh, Tony also says, "Who is your most trustworthy Argentine journalist slash media outlet on the ground in Russia?" On the ground in Russia, I'm going to say that Veronica Brunati um, is doing some good work. Diego Monroig as well, who I mentioned a few minutes ago for ESPN, I quite like. Um, and pretty much most of the people who, who write for the La Nación sports section. Yes, to put really. it simple, La Nación right. perhaps on ESPN crew, yeah. Aboy Taze Sports crew. Uh, thank you for mentioning ESPN, because obviously some people will think that I work for ESPN. Yeah. I'm a freelancer. The TV perhaps, uh, the, the um, TV section. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah. If, if you have access to direct TV, then... That, that's what I watch most of um, of the coverage of uh, but yeah I mean it, a few basically ignore Ole <laughs> uh, so many other places just 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 pick out one or two is the best thing to do F95Digest says now that the team that always sent Messi's Argentina packing oh sorry right this one took me a second now that the team that always sent Messi's Argentina packing is out it means Germany is there real hope and optimism in Argentina? It is worth pointing out, in case you're not aware, that Germany are the only country to have beaten Argentina in the World Cup knockout stage in the 21st century. Obviously in 2003, uh, sorry, 2002, Argentina went out in the group stage. Um, but in 2006, in 2010, and in 2014, Argentina lost to Germany and to nobody else once they got to this point in the World Cup. It was clearly, yes, a stone in the, in the shoes anyway. I think this Germany, even when they were bare, better than their rivals and they could have scored three goals each game, uh, I wasn't, I didn't have any fear of this, even when Argentina playing like they played. Uh, I think it wasn't that the Germany in that they played against uh, Argentina in the 2014. So I'm not happy. I'm not saying, oh, yes, Germany's out. Okay, come on. Uh, I, I heard of a friend, uh, from a friend that uh, he, she heard someone shouting 
when uh, when Korea, Korea scored their oh, second really? goal. I didn't hear anything. Uh, I, I was expecting to hear car horns honking and everything, <laughs> uh, as we did after the seven-one uh, four years ago. But no, but not uh, not because not, I, I am not happy or, or or celebrating because we have to care about France and then Uruguay or Portugal if mm. we qualify, uh, and then. There we will be, we will be crossing with the Brazil zone, uh, so no, I'm not uh, happy or or award. There's a long way to go yet. Yes. In short, in short, uh, Yusuf Armin says, "How much fennet did you drink after the win, Andres?" This glass only. <laughs> so that just today you didn't have yes. any last night. Yes. Yeah, same for me. Uh, I went to the pub after the win, but I didn't drink fennet there. I drank cider. Um, so yeah. None. Uh, Yusuf Armin also says, why does Sampaoli keep giving Iguain slash Di Maria chances consistently when they are quite obviously incompetent? I have given my opinion on Iguain. Um, I think that he, he has his uses. Um, and I mean, I, I, a few weeks ago against Haiti, I actually agreed with English Dan and, and said that he, he looked like an ex-player or at least a player who wasn't uh, sort of able to do it anymore at that level um, in front of goal. But in a match like yesterday's, where the link-up player does important and helping the rest of the team to play higher up the pitch is important, um, I, I think he, he does well. But Di Maria is, I mean, yeah, I, I'm really not sure. Yes, no, no, me neither. But uh, about Higuain, um it's hard to explain how Rojo shot the ball like they, like he did, and Higuain, uh put that ball into the sky. Mm. Uh, Yes. Indeed, yeah. No, of course. I mean, you know, Iguain didn't have a perfect game. But the, but the bits that weren't his finishing, I can see why he was in the team. Um, which sounds odd when you're talking about the centre-forward, of course. Uh, Brandon Pichon says, Why does everyone think Mascherano had an awful game when he was actually pretty good? And this was the question that we retweeted and which started off the flame war or the argument at least in our mentions um we sort of mentioned it earlier and went over this in the you know people have different opinions on things it's it's amazing um it's something to bear in mind as well when you're saying oh this manager is absolutely useless well maybe he's looking for something that's different from that player than than what we are thinking of um but yeah i mean my opinion of it is that everyone thinks Mascherano had an awful game because Mascherano had an awful game. But my other opinion is not everyone thinks Mascherano had an awful game. I've discovered this in the last 24 hours. And this is not there are quite a the... few people, yes. demonstrably, who think he had a really good game. This is not because of the penalty that could have not been awarded because it was a uh, little penalty. But, but having said that, right, this is one thing, actually, yeah. that, that somebody... I'm not going to read all the replies to, to Brandon's tweet. Um, but one person did say, oh, that was never a penalty. But I have to say, in this World Cup, with the amount of attention that pulling at corners has had, yes. and the number of times it's been looked at by VAR, video assistant referee, idiot. Yes. Don't do it. Yeah, okay, it probably wasn't a penalty, but don't give them even the opportunity to take a dive and go down like that when you know that this is being looked at more than ever before in football. Yes, that's Just don't. That was like an Argentinian player playing in the Superliga, yeah. uh, knowing that... That penalty was won't be awarded. Hmm. But this is not the case. Yes, but missing missing passes uh, from distance, incredible short distance, distance, and uh, not being not taking the spot correctly. The spots, I mean the spaces. 
Yes, I think that it's not something to discuss, but uh, it's good to have a different opinion anyway. Indeed, yeah. F95, it would be boring if we all thought the same uh, at the end of the day, and, and as long as we can get along without insulting each other's yes. opinions, that's wonderful. F95 Digest says, uh, would an Argentina team without Mascherano, Di Maria, Higuain and Cabachero be actually tough to beat? I have to say, we've seen one without Cabachero just yesterday, and they won. So by definition, they were tough to beat. Yes. Um, yeah, you could construct a team um, without them. Uh, again, with the other midfielders in the squad, I accept that it is difficult. I'm not sure whether F95 Digest is saying this as a way of defending Mascherano or whether he's suggesting that it might make Argentina harder to beat. Um, but you could you could construct a team um, that. Uh, that would still remain difficult to beat. Obviously, with the options Argentina have in the current squad, who would come in for Mascherano is a big question. It's probably going to be Biglia. And another one of the replies to uh, Brandon's tweet was, oh, so were you saying that, you know, Biglia... Oh, I think it was actually something Brandon said himself, so you're saying Biglia should come in. Well, A, regardless of who the replacement is, we can still say Mascherano had a bad game. B, me personally, yes, I would, I would have Biglia ahead of Mascherano yesterday. Uh, but you know, can they be tough to beat? Yeah, but they need to be yeah. a little bit more organised because we against could, better teams than Nigeria, against France on Saturday, we could it's going to be a struggle. We could consider not for the World Cup because it's not possible, but for the future, for example, Ivan Marconi has been transferred to, to Cruz Azul mm. from Lanús. Uh, given that, for, for example, Guido Pizarro has been called up in the past, being in Mexico, playing in Mexico, I think, uh, no, it's at Sevilla. Right? Yeah. Uh, why not Marcone playing in Mexico? Well, Noel Guzman is playing in Mexico and he's in yes. the current squad. Uh, he, Marcone had, had some uh, few chances playing at Lanús, but finally was discarded. Uh, but yes, now there are no other options, I think, because Senso Perez proved that he's good at uh, playing not as a fixed number five, so yeah. uh, it, is, it is at this point is um, Mascherano or Biglia. Indeed. No other. Yeah, or, I mean, maybe Fasio, right? If, if you decide yeah. you want a really defensive number five um, and you've decided that Otamendi and Rojo is the, is the first choice centre-back pairing, you could possibly put Fasio at number five. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, F95 Digest again says, what are your thoughts on Jorge Valdano's interview? I didn't. I haven't heard that. I think this must be the column that was in the Guardian, and which I rather stupidly didn't read, even though I had a feeling somebody was going to ask a question about it. So um, I'm afraid I have no thoughts on it. Uh, F95 Digest. Sorry. He also said, "Oh, and thanks for the pod. Cheers. You're very welcome. I'm sorry I couldn't answer your question." Uh, we've then got a bunch of replies to Brandon's tweet, which are of varying amounts of politeness. I'm not going to read them out. Um, there was a, there is a question from da, your relative, non relative. Liam, Liam Kelly, my non relative, as Andres says, says, "How was Mascherano allowed to stay on the pitch with his face bleeding?" Um, my understanding of this, or, or rather, my, I, I, I wondered the same thing for a few minutes, but then it occurred to me. I mean, as far as I could see, none of the blood got onto his shirt, and I think the FIFA regulations state that players can't play with blood on their shirts. But, but not, they don't say anything about having face. blood pouring down your face and on your neck as long as it doesn't stain the shirt. So I think that's the answer. It, it wasn't on his shirt. Yes. Um, and Liam says, regardless, he had a, another poor game. 
failing to offer protection to a shaky defence, thank you Liam, and giving away a stupid penalty. Can he rally the players for France, assuming he plays? Um, yeah, as, as I hinted earlier, I think one of the things that I don't have any argument with, with about Mascherano in the team is his importance to the group. It, it's undeniably enormous. Yes. Um, and once he's got his game face on, even though the quality has dipped even I'm sure even people who, who think he had a good game will admit that the quality from when he was at his peak has dipped enormously um, he can still be the leader on the pitch even when he himself isn't playing that well the problem will be as, as old as football is that Machero has already said that he will retire after this World Cup who comes next because there is no other uh, yeah. that's the problem and Argentina has a lack of of Say right backs, left backs, and centre midfielders. Indeed. I mean, the independently of Mascherano's performance, a, a centre midfielder and you say, okay, put on your t-shirt and play. Mm. There aren't. Yeah. Uh, Liam also says, oh Diego, maybe the cameras shouldn't focus on him too much after what happened. He enjoys being a parody of himself. I'm going to yeah. take that as an invitation to talk about Maradona and. I'm not going to, because I think that everybody knows what I think about Maradona as a person. Uh, I will say, however, having just said I'm not going to talk about it, um, that at least the English-speaking people who I either follow or have seen retweeted onto my Twitter timeline in the last 24 hours or so um, often seem to find it difficult, maybe, to get their heads around the idea that one can divorce uh, one's opinions of a player from what that person is like as a as a person. Um, you know, I, I, I think even I, you, a lot of Argentines would, would agree that Maradona as a person is, is a raging arsehole. Um, but what he means to, to the country, even yesterday when he's up in his box off his face on according to him, white wine, and, you know, who are we to doubt, really, given his age and physical condition, it might just have been that. I'm going to offer no opinions either way on, on what I think of this, just in case his lawyers are listening. Um, but what, what he means to Argentina goes a little bit beyond whether he is or is not an absolutely horrendous human being. Um, and I will now hand over to Andres, who isn't a real living and breathing Argentine, uh, to give his opinion Yes, on I, I will only say that we already know him, you said that. Uh, and I think that that's nothing, uh, there's nothing new uh, about him because he danced with the Nigerian girl after, before the match and, and when Rojo scored the second goal, he made gestures that are the other way round than dancing with the Nigerian girl. So, uh, and that gesture is some part of that. Mm. But um, uh, yes, I I, I I think it's very hard to, to say yes. Maradona is a drug and that and and and, and uh, alcohol and because it's not new. It's something that he has been fighting with against or uh, on drugs and on and, and with alcohol uh, since a lot time of time. And that, that's nothing. Oh, look at Maradona. What has what he's doing. Uh, he has been a lot of time like this, and and he won't change. And yeah, I, I take have, it or leave it, and and that this is it. And I, I have far more of a problem with this slanty eyes thingy at the the Korean fans during the Croatia match. Um, 
than than with anything he did yesterday. Personally, I, I mean, I'm admittedly sticking the giving, giving the finger to people isn't nice. But I think uh, it's not that because he we know what he's like. He was a, the best player in the world. Uh, you you can let him do what he wants, uh, but as, as far as I am concerned, he hasn't uh, run naked uh, around the stadium or something like that. He made gestures. He was drunk. He was uh, had some problems with his pressure. Uh, he he has. There was a recommendation for him to leave the the match, and he didn't. He 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 mm. stayed. Uh, but after, but apart from that, uh, I I don't think it's something to point and say that. Well, look at Maradona, what he's doing. I don't think so. Yeah, indeed. The other thing I will say is that having worked for two seasons during my university years as a steward at Old Trafford, um, I have seen paying fans in. As worse as uh, you know, as bad or even worse a state. Um, and uh, okay, they got ejected from the stadium. Uh, Maradona didn't, um, but you know, it, it's not as if he's the only person who's ever done this at a football match. We've yes. all embarrassed ourselves from time to time, and some of us have done it but in public. English... And the vast majority of people who've done it haven't had television cameras beaming the pictures of it all over the world. English supporters still think of on, on the hand of. of, of... I very, very much doubt that Liam does, in fairness, given that I'm pretty sure he's younger than I am, and I was two when it happened. And I certainly, me and my generation, don't really think about it. Because Peter Shilton does. He... Yes, Peter Shilton definitely does, and yes. the rest of us laugh at him for it. Or at least the rest of us who are sensible do. Um, Tom Robinson says, what's your favourite Maradona meme from yesterday? I don't really have one. Andres uh, tweeted one back to Tom, or not a meme at least, but a photo. Um, and Tom also says, PS, good performance on the Totally Football Show, Sam. Thank you very much indeed, Tom. Um, oh, Tom has uh, also uh, sent a couple of um, replies as well. Nick says, shouldn't... I don't think that's the cartoonist. I hope it's not. We wouldn't be reading the question if I suspected it was. Says, shouldn't Maradona's gestures during the match be condemned instead of being celebrated on social media? Because the moment the team loses, he will attack and insult them. I think he has a point. As I said, I'm not a big fan of him showing the showing the finger to people. I don't know who he was particularly swearing at, but, um, you know, he was off his face <laughs> or off his head. Um and that's not to make excuses um, but yeah I mean certainly I, I fall on the side of I, I'm not really into condemnation but I, I fall more on that side than on the oh Diego's one of us and he's the best person ever um, side as, as you probably guessed from my it's answer not the, the best person question. but as you, as you said uh, he's also not the only one doing things like this yeah and he's not Hitler either yeah. ultimately um Ronnie Mazumda says, how much is Sampaoli... Ah, oh, this is the other person who asked about when the players were um, picking the team. We've kind of answered it already, but I'll read the question out anyway, just so that Ronnie gets it read out. How much is Sampaoli controlling the eleven? And if Mascherano is not good enough alone, will it be Biglia with him versus France? Oh, that's a good one, actually. I'll, we'll go into that in a second. Versus France. France have not played well, but nothing beats Argentina's chaotic display. What are your predictions for the result? I still feel that Lo Celso should play like Quintero. Um, I don't think it should be Biglia and Mascherano because we've seen two matches of that or a similar partnership in Argentina's midfield and they didn't go well. I think it has to be one of them with Banega. Um, the other thing regarding uh, whether Lo Celso should play, the mention of Quintero is an interesting one. We're going to, no doubt, talk about Quintero a bit on Hand of Pod Extra, 
because we'll be going over the rest of the South American teams um, for our Patreon uh, supporters. Um, but one thing that I was saying to, to my half-Colombian friend, Alex, uh, the other day, um, was that Colombia, with James and Quintero on the pitch, are almost playing a similar style or, or a similar uh, system to Marcelo Gachardo's River Plate when you know when, when River were playing well with uh, like a 4-2-2-2 or a 4-1-3-2 with with two playmakers. For River, it's Gonzalo Martinez and Fernando Quintero. For Colombia, it's Fernando Quintero and James Rodriguez. The main difference, obviously, being that James is a little bit better than Gonzalo Martinez, perhaps, if you really held a gun to my head and made me choose. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, I I can see the temptation, but I think if Argentina were going to do it, I would have um, Messi and... At the moment, probably Pavon just tucked in behind um, Aguero and Higuain, personally. Possibly Messi and Dybala, if Dybala can prove that he's not just going to yes. go wherever Lionel Messi goes all match. Yes, I'm afraid that, uh, the, the, again, that the team that played against uh, Nigeria will be also the the one who plays against France. Uh, I think it will, I, the idea of a balanced, balanced team has won to the idea of a crazy team with a lot of players... In, in, in attack uh, and that's why uh, as the result was good uh, even in the last minute um, I think that the team will be like that with uh, mm. Enzo Perez uh, Mascherano and, Big, and Manega in the, in the midfield and, and and a more classic formation yeah. uh, I think Lochelso could have minutes but I doubt really of that possibly yeah yeah same here Zach says Assuming Sam Pauli sticks with the same system he played against Nigeria, who are the 11 players best suited to start the game against France? I go for... I mean, as I said already, I think Di Maria needs to come out and that Pavon needs to be in. The doubt that I have is at left-back. I'd possibly think about Christian Ansaldi coming in at left-back ahead of, Mar- uh, of Marco Tagliafico. That's not right, is it? Nicolas Tagliafico. Yes. Um and other than that, I mean, after the performances against Nigeria, I'd, I'd leave the rest of the eleven untouched. I think. Yes, I, I mean, I, I think Pavon. Mercado maybe, but then who are you going to replace him with if you're already bringing Ansaldi in at left back? But Ansaldi hasn't played any single minutes. I don't, no. I don't see him playing there uh, as a starting eleven. But Pavon could be uh, if Di Maria isn't fit. Uh, to start the match against France anyway uh, otherwise I think that it will be the same team exactly the same team uh, Ansaldi could be there if, if Tagliafico is playing awfully very awful or if he's injured but I don't see Ansaldi yeah uh, no I'm not saying it's just, uh, uh, yes. that I think San Paolo is going to do it but I'd, yes. I'd be looking at it if I was the manager yes it's not a bad idea I think uh, Zach follows this, this up by anticipating the other change that I have already mentioned several times that I'd be tempted to make uh, by saying, should Mascherano continue to start for Argentina? As I said, I personally, I'd have Bane, uh, Biglia. I'm not saying Biglia is a brilliant number five, um, but he's going to give the ball away a bit less. That's just my opinion. Please don't hate me for it. I think that uh, Biglia, uh, his mistake against Iceland condemned Biglia. Mm. Uh, and that image of that mistake against perhaps the weaker, weakest rival uh, of, the, of the group in theory, uh, was enough for him to, to be out. Um, even uh, that we have already said that Iceland, Iceland, Iceland sorry, was th- tough, 
Valdano has said before the World Cup when the groups were decided that Iceland will be a stone in the shoes but uh, I think that the mistake that made by Viglia uh, that uh, the result was the goal from Iceland was enough I think yeah uh, and finally Zach says Pipita Iguain or Cunaguero as Argentina's starting number nine if they're playing the same system as they played yesterday I would stick with Iguain for the reasons that I gave earlier personally yes but Aguero offers you somebody who can lead the high press as he showed against Croatia um, and a little bit more of an explosive goal, goal threat albeit less of a, slightly less of an ability to bring teammates into play so it, it really depends on what you want from your centre forward um, Oscar Pert Mulder I hope I've pronounced the E and the O correctly says if Argentina failed to beat France would you like to see San Paoli fired and look for someone else or would you give him more time to build the team for the Copa America and eventually 2022 for listeners who are not aware of this which Oscar clearly is uh, the next Copa America is next year in Brazil um, I think English Dan and I sort of gave away what my answer to this is going to be um, last week by talking about San Paoli's project and, and whatnot. I think that, that San Paoli's I mean first of all I don't think he's going to be fired because the AFA don't have the money to fire him but secondly, I, I personally would keep him anyway, Andres. Yes, uh, it's will be crazy and will be doing the same that have been doing all the time. Uh, I mean, Afa uh, by firing or quitting a, a, a coach and then putting any other coach with no ideas, with no lines of, I think, similar lines of, of working, uh, and there is no 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 coach possible coach now. Mm. Uh, uh, and as I have already said, uh, apart from Gallardo, perhaps Simeone is not there. Uh, uh, Pochettino is is not available neither. So uh, I think that the most reasonable decision, I, we know that it's Afa and Afa and reasonable are not similar uh, words. No, <laughs> uh, but uh, the, the more logical decision will be to to keep Sampaoli regardless the the result. Yeah. Um, Soul Twin Jeff says, "Can you translate the new Vamos Argentina song on the next podcast?" Thank you. Can you? you? I I didn't know there was a new song. Uh, I'm not aware of a new one either. Oh. Um, so I'm afraid the answer to that one is no, Jeff. We could translate the old one, but you've asked us for the new one, so no. Fabricio says, "Masche has been." Pre- oh, that's a continuation of the uh, argument before from Brandon. He's just uh, I've just renewed a bunch of notes. Oh God, we've got loads of notifications coming in all the time. Um, and finally, biting flea. One of the first people ever to comment on my blog when I set it up. God, eleven and a half years ago, nearly. Um, and still a hand of pod listener. I th- I'm pretty sure he's been a hand of pod listener since episode one. So hello, biting flea. Says if I'm not too late, you're not. You just got in 47 seconds ago <laughs> um, with this one. In case Argentina trail by a goal or two against France, can they come back? What's their record? In case they lead, can they hold the lead? What's their record on that? Unfortunately, right. So you're in time to get the question read out. Um, but because I literally sent this a few seconds ago, um, I haven't been able to Google Argentina's record in World Cup matches where they've gone ahead or when they've fallen behind. I mean, either. I, the only record I have is against France specifically. Uh-huh. Go on. Uh huh. They have played in. I mean, in World Cups they have played in Uruguay 1930 and Argentina 1978, both won by Argentina. Mm-hmm. And they have 
played 11 matches in, to matches in total. Uh, uh, if you take into account friendlies and the cup played in Brazil, I think. And Argentina, I think that won seven. There were two draws and two uh, victories for France, I think. Something okay. like that. So it's big uh, record favor of Argentina. So if history matters at all, yes. if history is on the pitch, then Argentina are walking into the quarterfinals. But of course, that's not always how things work in football. Yes. Uh, least of all in this World Cup, which has been tremendously entertaining. We hope that Patreon supporters um, enjoy what we have to say in, in Hand of Pod Extra, which we'll be recording in a few minutes, um, about the World Cup, which is why I thought that was a decent segue. Uh, in the meantime, thank you very much, everybody, for sending in your questions. Thank you for listening to us for 301 episodes and counting. Um, and goodbye for now. Enjoy Argentina-France. Sorry that we're not predicting anything, but it's reached that point now where we're probably both a little bit too nervous to do so. I have already predicted, saying that Argentina has a difference in the history, but not knowing and being aware that uh, history has nothing to do with actual or, or football nowadays. Okay. But the confidence comes by that way. Indeed. For now, it's thanks for listening and goodbye from Andres. Goodbye, thank you. And from me, goodbye. Thank you.